0: Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, the passage John three one through seventeen um, is intriguing to my mind, but it also also activates um, also also activates some uh, memories, and I'm going to be vulnerable to share those with you. Um, it's about calculus. Uh-oh. I loved math. I love math. Junior high, I love math and high school. I humbly say I did really well. I did really well in math classes, and uh, and through geometry, through uh, uh, the algebra series, uh, through uh, advanced algebra, went through analytical geometry, went through trigonometry. And so I was really looking forward to uh, to calculus. Uh, by that time, I was in college. And uh, there's something on the floor here. I've been watching the TV show Monk. He was <laughs> obsessive compulsive. He was picking up stuff. I've been doing the same thing. That's not part of the sermon. I just <laughs> had to pick that up. But I, um, but, but I got to college, and I was really looking forward to calculus. Um, my teacher was to be Alice Iverson, Doctor Iverson, and um, she had a PhD in math, and um, I was a very kind person. I knew her a little bit, um, and by reputation too, knew that she, uh, uh, that she was very kind. And so, when um, I showed up for calculus, uh, talking about, and she seemed like she was talking way too fast, and uh, assumed way too much about. No, uh, the first class I sat in the front row because I was confident I could absorb everything, and I wanted to impress Alice, Dr. Iverson. Um, the second class I sat. In the and uh, <laughs> just tried to, tried to stay behind uh, other people's uh, shadows, and uh, still didn't didn't get what she was talking about exactly. Some of it seemed familiar, and uh, um, and once in a while there would be a hit or a resonance with with what I had learned and all those other math courses that I'd taken and worked through pages and pages of. Um, as the went on, it, it, it didn't improve, it just got worse, and, and quizzes, uh, I, I would barely ask them, uh, came up to the midterm, and I just failed miserably. Um, it was at that point that I decided I needed to go talk to Alice, uh, Dr. Iverson, and, um, and made an appointment, uh, showed up at her office, and... And, uh, you know, oh, welcome, Dan. Um, I noticed that uh, you didn't do so well in the, in the midterm. And uh, it said, um, no, I didn't. And, uh, uh, and is there something I can do to help? And, and uh, I, I had thought about some, uh, some sophisticated um, question that I could ask uh, about uh, rate of change or... Different polynomials that might be helpful or something. But when it came right down to it, and she says, There's something I can do to help. And and my voice trembled the way it is right back. I don't get it at all. I just don't get it. She very kindly looked at me See What don't you get? And I said, Anything! I don't get anything what you're talking about. And she said, well, did you take uh, algebra? Did you t-? Yeah, yeah, I took all that. Well, where can we start? I don't know. I don't know. It's a helpless, helpless feeling. Uh, was that... I identify with Nicodemus. Uh, Nicodemus was a Pharisee, and he was a leader of the Jews. He was... He was uh, steeped in the law teachings of the Old Testament, but yet there was something else that uh, Jesus had been talking about. It was very intriguing to him. It seemed like it was something that he wanted to find out more about. And uh, once in a while, maybe he could glimpse it—the glory of it, the strength of it, the the truth of what Jesus was talking about. And there certainly was a qualification in who Jesus was. His authority, his compassion, his his works—that uh, he had been doing the miracles and the healings—he uh, could not turn away from this person, Jesus. He had to find out more, and especially find out more about what uh, he was talking about about the kingdom of God, about the power of God in the in the world, about about eternal life. And so when he knocked on oh so the door when where jesus was staying that night and uh, wanted to talk to jesus maybe he or like me gone to ellis Iris, and he went to jesus tell me tell me about how i might receive this eternal life that you've been talking about i know you've you've been teaching i know you've been doing these things but I thought I knew everything I needed to know about God and scriptures and, and truth in order to get it, but I, but I don't get it. Can, can you tutor me? Can you give me a key, a, a private lesson about what you're talking about, Jesus? And Jesus did. He answered him. He said, you must be born a nothing. Anothen, the Greek word that John says that Jesus said at that incident, uh, uh, anothen, it, uh, it can be translated equally. It can be translated again or or from above. It's a very versatile word. And, uh, Nicodemus, you must be born anothen. You must be born again. You must be born from above. And I can drop that. I can, I can know exactly what Nicodemus felt because of my calculus experience. That, that Nicodemus, right at that moment, was saying, "That doesn't help at all. I don't get it. I don't get it." And someone be back in his mother's womb and then be born again. How can that be so, Jesus? You, you have something that I need, but I. He was trapped in his literal. He was trapped in uh, in what he what he didn't know and what he couldn't grasp with the information that he had at that time. Jesus to engage him and and tells him a little bit more about about what needs to happen. The steps that. Uh, that are awaiting him as if he would be willing to listen, and if he would be willing to uh, to stay with Jesus. He talks about being born of water and spirit. And when we hear that, we think about baptism, don't we? And, and the Holy Spirit that descended at Pentecost. But uh, but Jesus was probably talking about references in the Old Testament to. Water and spirit. The prophets use that image to talk about the the transforming presence of God people to the call of God. Uh, Jesus really is reaching out to Nicodemus, and what he knows. You know about water and spirit, about the that worked in the lives of the prophets and the people of Israel. Of the Water and and also the, the spirit, the same spirit that hovered over chaos in Genesis, and and has worked through Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the patriarchs. That spirit, you must be born of of that dynamic, that energy, that presence that work was at work in that water and that spirit. Do not be astonished to you that I said you must be born from above. The wind blows where it will, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. And then Nicodemus says, how can these things be? How can these things be? still didn't connect. It wasn't getting through the... Opaque membranes in his in his mind and and his faith was uh, was dormant. It was trapped in in what he had known so far. Uh, uh, Jesus, we don't know the tone that he used. you do not. It is. It is, or maybe it's an encouragement. You see, it was a few years ago in the rummage sale that in the used book uh, table that there was um, a slightly used book of calculus for idiots bright orange and it could <laughs> and uh pages were sitting together. So this <laughs> a and too, uh, and took it home and I started to uh, look through that book again understanding calculus, and I got a little further. should have asked John. But that experience also maybe is the is the grace in this story about Nicodemus. And because Nicodemus was on his way and we have been Exposed to his limitations, to his frustrations. But that's not the end of the story. As Jesus' teachings trying to help Nicodemus under, understand, he starts talking about the Son of Man must be lifted, and everyone who who looks at the Son of Man will live. It was a it was a reference to the to the bronze snake that Moses lifted up in the wilderness and everyone who was being bitten by the poisonous snakes, snakes in the place where they were camping were, uh, would live if they looked up, they lived. And, and it's an image that Jesus is giving not only to Nicodemus, but to all who would hear the story that John tells eventually, that you have life And maybe Nicodemus understood even less because he didn't know about, about the salvation that was worked, the power that was released, the defeat of sin, death, and evil on the cross, and the symbol that it would become of a victory and overcoming. But it also was meant to be something that would include Nicodemus as the story unfolded and he remained part of the story because his ambiguous character he, he follows and, and yet he's, hes he can't understand he, he is full of faith but yet he rejects and uh, still he followed Jesus and the in the trial of Jesus, he was one that advocated that, uh, that Jesus be, be given a fair trial. And even at Golgotha, when the body of Jesus breathed its last breath, when he gave up his spirit, it was Nicodemus that asked for the body. He, together with Joseph of Arimathea, brought it to the tomb. All the rest of the disciples had fled, they were nowhere around. But it was clothes and gifts. Same things that the Magi had before. Gifts for a king, for a god. We start to understand that grew in his discipleship and his faith all together with his understanding as the prophet came through about his suffering and his death. And this key part, if I am lifted up, if the Son of Man is lifted up, all those who Believe in him, who look and believe in Him will be saved. Of course, it all comes together with uh, John 3:16 that that we maybe know so well. Uh, shall we sit together? God so loved gave His only begotten. I just sang it and rehearsed it several times Monday night and this morning. But in looking at that, if we were able to look at the at the Greek, the tenses of the verbs, we find that for God so loved the world he gave, that loved and gave the tense of those verbs are it's a completed act. It is done. God loved. It is done. God gave, it is done. But all those who believe in him, that is a different tense. The belief is an ongoing, continuing thing. So that if we were to translate that more accurately, all those who are believing in him. And we are invited to understand story of Nicodemus, but also in John 3.16 itself, that, that this is a process. This is a process of growing in faith and believing. It is a process of, of knowing ourselves, and as we know ourselves, to, to also know the, the work of God in Jesus Christ. In Lent, we're invited to look at the atoning work of God in Jesus Christ. We're invited to look at the image of of Jesus uh, on the cross, lifted up. As we all, each of us, are doing that maybe right now, you're invited to see what you know, reviving some of the Stories, the scriptures it says that you've had uh, paintings. Um, you see a man, a human, uh, suffering and in pain. It's not a pleasant sight at all. It is something that uh, that we would hurt our eyes if we if we saw it real and up close. It was something that would maybe make us gasp and, and weep if, if we knew the person personally. It would be un, unbearable to see that kind of suffering. But even more, if we understand that person is innocent, that there is nothing in him that, that deserved to die, there was nothing in him that deserved that kind of humiliation and punishment. But yet he willingly submitted to that, even foretold it. Maybe even if you are familiar with the story, the uh, the question will rise within you, why? Why? At that point, we're invited you, I are invited, to th- who am I? Am I looking at this, at this image, looking at this reality? looking at this willingness. Who am I? Who am I that that I would be drawn to that? Who am I that I would need to look at that? Who am I that I would want to know that? And it goes far beyond a desire to know in our heads and to, and to command the knowledge of it. It is something that grows from within us. Uh, from a to be forgiven mm-hmm. about dealing with the then also. Coming to terms with the, with the weakness that we might have within ourselves to yield a temptation or to be distracted in, in our world. And maybe also that problem of belief struggling to believe in our own worthiness. And if I dare to keep looking at this Jesus lifted up, I need to come to terms with the truth that he died and suffered there for me because he said, you are worth it, Dan. it put amen. You are worth humanity. Because I am the Son of God have the capacity entirety and then also in its individuality in its goodness and in its perishing in its rottenness in its ability to to be truthful in its and its propensity to to be false. In its lofty aims and visions, and also in its nearsightedness and its narcissism. Uh, my son working on my um, an ancient computer that wasn't wasn't uh, wasn't functioning well anymore. And he worked on it, and uh, he does this in his life. works in computer g- programming, software. And after a while, he just shook his head and he said, "Dad, this is a hot." Mess. <laughs> I heard that term. I said, oh, that's a "Cool term. I could use that." A hot- God love the world even places where it's a hot mess. And when we when we allow the the atoning we are on the way, and uh, and, uh, and as we continue to look at the cross, as we are in different situations, different stages of our life, different, uh, different ways that we are invited to do the believing in growth, and uh, believe more, to open more of the rooms and the doors of our lives to the atoning power of God. Atoning means to be at one with, to be righteous. The text in Romans alludes to Abraham's, Abraham's righteousness, and uh, Paul makes the, the point that Abraham's works did not make him righteous before God. It was God who him righteous. And later on he would call it grace. The grace of of God was poured out into Abraham because of his belief and the different choices that he made because he believed God. So no wonder that he is called the father of our faith. No wonder that he is called the father of the children of faith. Not calculus today. If you uh, need some help I can give you some names, don't come to me. <laughs> but this is a good, a good to think where am I? to God and Christ. Because this is the season where we lift up Jesus on the cross. And then we're invited to see that and just as the looked at the bronze snake and lived, so we're invited to Jesus. Believe. even in the middle of the night.